Hi, and thanks for joining me. You're listening to LockPod, which is a podcast powered by Lockbox. My name's Katie Ringsdor, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Sol Enemo from Vanquish Bank. Today we're going to be exploring digital transformation and looking at some of the great work they're doing at Vanquish Bank and across the United Kingdom. Sol's got some great experience, so I'm really looking forward to our chat today. Sol, thank you very much indeed for joining me today on LockPod. I'm really excited to be uh, talking to you about digital transformation. But before we get into it, how about you just give us a bit of background to you and kind of your career? Yeah, sure. So um, I've, um, I'm have i ex-Big Four. I used to work for one of the large consultancies uh, about 20 years ago. Um, I was part of their um, international uh, digital thought leadership team, but we weren't calling it that then. I think we were calling it something like E this or E that with a small E in front of it. But essentially I was... Um, uh, working on digital strategy initiatives for large clients such as Porsche, Bosch, Coca-Cola, as well as working, um, advising uh, partner-level execs on thought leadership. Um, after about three years of that, like many people, I left and I set myself up as an interim digital consultant, and I was predominantly working on strategic initiatives uh, with tier one organizations in the banking space. Uh, I've co-founded a couple of startups, and I've also advised some early-stage companies. Um, the last five years or so, I've been increasingly involved in business strategy uh, with uh, senior execs in uh, financial service organisations. So uh, obviously your your role at Vanquist is head of digital transformation. Now for it, digital transformation is, is quite a big topic. How, how, how could you describe what it actually means? Yeah, sure. So um, ooh, digital transformation essentially is, is really about large organisations um, getting with the programme uh, in a way that... Um, other sectors have, have have been trying to do for, or, or you know, succeeding in doing, I should say, for for, for a number of years. So um, I'll roll back a bit from that. So um, I read a book a few years ago called Zero to One by Peter Thiel, who was uh, along with Elon Musk, the other co-founder of uh, PayPal. And in this book, he talks at the early stage about how during the Industrial Revolution there was loads of technical progress made. So from about 1860 to 1970. You know, society, you know, ramped up from horse power to steam, coal, oil, car, planes, TVs, all the way through to um, computers and then allegedly a moon landing uh, in 1969. Um, so we've had a lot of progress. And if you're a child of the 1950s or 60s, for sure, you'll be thinking, well, you know, 60, 70 years later, like now, we'll definitely have put a dude or do that on Mars. Um, but actually, with only really some mental changes in terms of things like ways of working. So... You know, most large corporations in the Western world, most uh, large corporations that are incumbent leaders in lots of sectors, but specifically in financial service, for the last 50 or 60 years, their ways of working have been quite legacy. Um, you've got multi-layered organizations with a certainty mindset linked to kind of, um, you know, multi-year outcomes, which is just old school, it's outdated, and it's far too slow. And so digital transformation is essentially about moving away from all that to something which is creating an environment which is much more linked to a growth rather than a certainty mindset, you know, supporting organisations to deliver fast and customer-facing outcomes. And obviously you guys are, are really, really into this at Vanquist. Whereabouts are you on that journey at the moment? And have you kind of come ah. across any major challenges so far? <laughs> I think I'd be out of business if there weren't any challenges, Katie. But no, um, you know, thanks for saying we're there. We, we are all over it, um, but we're very early. We are literally very early in our journey here, which which is part of the reason, I guess, for for um, you know, Vanquist's increased appetite to become a digital first bank. Um, so, you know, for, from our perspective, um, we've created a strategy which will help us uh, become that digital first bank. 
and it's completely aligned to Vanquish's four pillars, which strategically are cost, digitize, culture, and grow. And uh, as you're probably aware, we've had some you know great positive outcomes thus far this first quarter, such as an improved uh, website, uh, refreshed branding, look and feel, etc. But also forging relevant partnerships with the right types of external partner, such as yourself at Lockbox. Um, where we are though on our journey is, is is just really a reflection of I think broader um, changes that have you know really been accelerated from the pandemic with lots of organisations seizing the opportunities that that challenge um, you know led to and really saying actually what else could we do differently what else could we do faster etc cetera, etc cetera. so we're kind of very early on that journey but we're we're excited and we've got a direction in terms of where we're heading. And why is it that it's so important, uh, Digital Transformation Soul? Because obviously we I've spoken a lot before in the past, uh, and I know you guys at Vanquist, like we are at Lockbox, are very passionate about financial inclusion. Um, and personally, obviously, being a, a digital geek like I am, uh, you know, I can I can really see the value in, in the huge expense associated with transforming um, incumbent businesses into a digitally focused, uh, focused company. Um, what are the benefits, perhaps more for the consumer, of transforming Vanquist? into a more digitally focused bank yeah sure so I, I, I think um, I think there's benefits all around um, we uh, essentially um, see digital transformation as business necessity I think it's something that's even on my LinkedIn profile these days but essentially if you think about it all businesses if you're in business you're delivering all the time so for for, for us it becomes very much about improving or transforming how well you can deliver which is usually about how fast you can execute right um, and then also then you then switch once you've sorted that problem uh, into what you're focused on. And, you know, leading organizations such as Amazon now or Google, they talk about being relentlessly obsessive with the customer. Um, in more corporate organizations, people talk about being customer facing, but really it's usually somebody's boss is the customer rather than the external face of it. And actually we're starting to see that change. So if you're, you know, if you can change up your delivery model, um, then obviously you can start to, to focus on what matters, which is the customer you can use really great data to actually inform what you're working on and, and, and how you're solving for the customer and then go from there. So, you know, in a sense, all organizations start to become much more customer centric. And so transformation for us is really about us starting to pivot towards being a, an organization which has digital and data at the heart of what we do. Um, I've said very publicly that arguably Vanquist and, and many leading organizations now, I would say, um, need to transition from being whatever type of company they thought they were uh, into data companies and in our case we would end up being a data company that happens to sell financial products so if we can transform our system of work then we can truly become focused on relentlessly obsessing about the customer all day long uh, one quick example of this is actually you know the way that you maybe go about doing um, proof of concepts or bringing ideas to, to market so you know inherently in large organizations um, and by large I mean organizations of, of our size are larger so this is like you know 3,000 people upwards, let's say, um, you're, you're talking, when you're talking about doing an idea or a proof of concept, you're talking about something that could, you know, take many, many months to kind of land. Um, so we started to introduce a program called Digital Acceleration, which thematically is a way of taking and testing an idea quite quickly. And that might be anywhere between one day through to maybe 90 days. Um, literally earlier this week, Katie, um, about 20 of us, we did a, a workshop, which was a one-hour workshop um, to solve for a particular problem statement, which essentially, um, you know, enabled us to come up with something very quickly, which, you know, 
it was basically just an idea turned into a prototype with some dot voting. But essentially, it was something that you know people can build on elsewhere in the organisation should the time been be right, etc. And then there was obviously a, a larger example of um, of more full fat proof of concepts, if you will, um, is, is basically testing innovative new marketplace ideas and partnerships, such as the one with Lockbox, where we're solving for the client applicants together. That's really interesting, Sol. And I really liked what you said there about, um, you know, the change about putting data first. Now, it's almost like turning the old, I suppose, perception of a bank or a financial company on its head, really, and putting data first rather than financial products first, which is it's a way I've not thought about it before. And what have been the biggest challenges that you've faced so far? And is it those challenges kind of common? Yes. So, yes. Yes and yes. (laughs) So, um, creating buy-in. Um, and that usually falls into two, uh, two camps. Sometimes it's linked generally to kind of naivety, lack of knowledge. Um, if you think most kind of uh, organizations that need radical overhauls, um, they're, they're embedded in terms of the way they do stuff. So what that usually means is people are just kind of cracking on in silos, doing their thing. And if somebody or a body of people are coming in and saying, oh, we're going to do it differently, then that's to change. And, you know, human beings by nature, they don't really like change. So you've kind of got that side, which isn't linked to um, the change being seen as bad. It's just linked to the change being in and of itself something different to what people have been used to doing. Um, the other is actually linked to power and control. And um, if you think about it, inherently, old school ways of working are linked to a certainty mindset. So if you're working on multi-year programs of work, you've got more orthodox ways of thinking and doing. Um, you, you know, there are there are kind of you know systemic challenges linked to people value being linked to ownership status hierarchy positioning resources decision making and you know budgets so you know it's a big move to kind of you know run a transformation initiative all the way across and up an organization um so kind of creating buy-in you're doing that really from trying to get common alignment our education you know build consensus and that kind of thing um but yeah you know i've seen different flavors of transformation over the last decade plus um I've witnessed um, people try and do transformation in an organization from the bottom up, and it's quite hard. I've witnessed people try and do it in just one function, even if that's top to bottom, that's also quite hard. Um, I've also seen people do a flavor where they said, we're going to go big bang, we're going to go everywhere at once. So top down, the leadership team running that organization might have alignment. But if you try and do it everywhere all at once, that's also hard, and it takes quite a long time, which you know, um, I've said very, very publicly as well, you know, I'm the head of digital transformation at Banquist, but I wouldn't be doing my job right if I was here another five or seven years still called the digital <laughs> head of transformation because, you know, it kind of really, for it to be impactful and meaningful, needs to happen and land well with value in a short period of time. And by short, for me, it's like three years or less, one and a half years or less, et cetera. So there's a lot of choreography involved in, in making sure that you've got um, um, the, the, uh, the transformation land right. And I guess one you know, final observation here, thinking of choreography as I say it now, is actually um, that for me the last two or three years um, working in large uh, financial services organizations has been something that I've started to really, really think about. So, you know, somebody like myself, you know, passionate about change, passionate about the, the, the value that not only can be demonstrated with, with successful transformation, landing for sustained success. One of the things I've recognized is that you know, whilst you're pulling forward, pulling a whole organization forward with you to the new promised land, that actually, what are you leaving behind? 
And so, you know, an example, um, there's a large Asia-Pacific uh, corporate, again, in the FS space that I'm aware of, and they spent, um, on their transformation program, I think they spent something like a billion dollars uh, on their program. And then after launching it, um, and this is going to be, you know, like a three-year program, Katie, after they launched it, they realized, oh, crikey, we have to find about another half billion to cater for all the other changes that they'd neglected to realize was needed along the way. And these are people changes. For example, if you're, you know, my my um, basic example is if you're an ocean liner, <laughs> as many of these large organizations are, and you need to pivot and turn into a series of mini submarines that then also need to morph into rockets. Well, hey, you know, a, an ocean liner doesn't pivot. <laughs> so you're going to need different people with different skills, um, at different roles, different talent pools, different use cases and different times. But you also still need the existing business or the existing ocean line or whatever, you know, analogy, you know, I want to use there. Um, you also need that to still kind of be steady until such a time as you don't need it. So, you know, there's a big challenge in terms of transition states, which a lot of um, transformation programs overlook. So, you know, we, we haven't overlooked it. Uh, I won't say we've got everything right, right but and we're mindful of it, um, but you know it's it's one that I've seen a lot of places come across from because they they've neglected the fact that um, they need to be almost at sometimes running two businesses at the same time, the existing as well as the future ambition. That's true, and uh, I like what you're saying about obviously you won't be doing a job properly if uh, you're still here in ten years' time. <laughs> so you'll be a uh, sole head of digitally transformed, I'd say, in the next uh, three to five years. <laughs> so I mean, when actually talking about that, what does it look like? What does it look like at the end of this journey for you? When will you be able to kind of tick that box and say, right, my job here is done? Yeah, no, great shout. Yeah, so. Um, you know, we, we've, we've been very candid, right? So, you know, we're, we're early in our journey, and but the intent is there, and it's known from our kind of our, our, our board and our, our exco layer, and we're starting to permeate that across the business now. So, you know, we're early, and it's about brilliant basics for us this year in 2021. It's about saying, look, you know, we've kind of got some good foundations, but there's other areas where we could improve our digital kung fu or even our kind of our business agility across the wider organization. So, you know, we've just launched in this first quarter a new website you know, that's brand refreshed, that optically makes it uh, much more contemporary um, versus the site that hadn't really had a, a look and feel cosmetic change for a number of years. Um, but then also we've embedded in improved uh, MI, so every single element of every single page now is tagged, whereas before, in candidness, it was a bit hit and miss in terms of what journeys you could track and, and um, what you wanted to get out of that. So now we're measuring everything and we're measuring what matters. Um so this year is a foundational one. And then we're going to be moving, you know, outcome-wise into the promised land in the next year and a half, two years, which essentially is going to be us a much more digitally confident organization. We're going to have a bit of swagger, dare I say it. We're going to have a bit of savvy because we'll have built the credibility from delivering stuff that is um, relevant to us, um, supporting commercial imperatives. So, you know, we're, we're getting a pat on the back or, you know, our CEO's got breathing space from the city. Um, but then also, you know, colleagues are proud to work here. New people um, want to come in. So, you know, there's a talent lens to all of this as well, to be clear. You know, um, we've recently hired some great additions from places like Monzo and other startups um, that, um, uh, you know, have a, have a kind of a good sway in the, in the wider marketplace. So, you know, people coming to us, that, that's going to be part of this piece as well. Um, but ultimately, it's about the customer. Um, so for us, you know, we want to be offering um, meaningful products genuinely to our customer base. And our specific customer base um, 
as you will be aware, is, is, is you know, we're, we're in kind of like a, a very novel um, position in the marketplace, um, you know, in the way that tier one uh, banks wouldn't necessarily cater to some of our market. And we, we really have strong, you know, deep expertise and understanding of, of, of that particular, those particular customer types. Um, so we'll be continuing to offer them services. We're excited about um, the range of things that we can offer them, given that we are a bank as opposed to just a, a, a lender. Um, but for me, um, going back to what I said earlier, if we can sort out our system of work and, you know, move faster, um, uh, be, be, be a bit braver, be a bit more innovative, which we're obviously starting to do with partnerships such as this one with Lockbox, I think um, we're going to be better placed just to be able to, to tackle more things. You know, leading organizations now, um, they are innovation factories. So really, they've solved that first, how fast they can deliver stuff. And therefore, that people are spending their time on insight work, looking at data, reading it and saying, oh, what if we did this? What if we did that? So for example, in our case, um, we have just under 2 million customers routinely. And uh, about 16% of those customers happen to be small business owners. So um, these are people who are um, not, you know, IT professionals that are on a couple hundred grand a year, but rather these are people who are butcher maker, candlestick maker, or, you know, um, operate in the gig economy, Uber drivers, delivery cyclists with a couple of different gigs at their hustle to make ends. Um, and we've seen some stark behavior changes during the pandemic. And so, you know, one of the things that we're continu- increasingly curious about, I should say, is how can we support those people during this period of time? And you know, there are lots of ways that we can do that. It's just going to become about how quickly we can execute stuff that, that's meaningful and effective quite quickly. Yeah, and that agility really is important. I have to say, you mentioned earlier your new website. It's props to you and the team because it's a really lovely website, I have to say. So uh, so <laughs> well done you. there. Um, so you were saying, obviously, you've got stacks of experience in this space of transformation in the digital area. I think you mentioned you've been doing this for about 10 years now. Um, how have you seen your job change? Because obviously, you know, the, the rate of change within this space is so fast and so big. How's your role kind of changed over the decade? Yeah, so um, I think digital has become front and centre. Uh, when you talked about digital transformation um, ten years ago, it, digital equals it equaled IT, and it was just some some dudes. And you know, being candid, it was mainly dudes, <laughs> right, in a corner um, in a basement tinkering with some stuff, and it wasn't necessarily linked to commercial outcomes. It was almost like, oh. The transformation equals some some hardware, some software. So if I think back ten years ago, um, people had just started to talk about cloud as opposed to physical servers and um, you know other bits and pieces like that. Whereas what you're seeing in the last two or three years is um, conversations generally at the leadership layer. Um, I remember being at Lloyd's in 2013, I think it was 2012, um, and um, you know Lloyd, Lloyd's Banking Group they promoted whoever I think was the, um, I guess, a, a, key, a key face within their kind of technology or delivery function to literally be, I think, a CDO. Let's, let's call him a chief digital officer as, as it was. And he was reporting directly to the CEO. And ah, the, the uproar, <laughs> the uproar at the time, people were like, how bloody dare they, you know, um, put somebody from that kind of, 
service function, um, front and centre. Um, but you know, they were very early with 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 their transformation, which which cascaded to lots of other organisations. And you know, now people don't think twice about having people who are closer to um, what historically was support functions like you know like IT um, or marketing them being on the t- on, on the on the top table and, and, and literally having a voice there so that's kind of one change the other is um, is, is that um, I think societally we're all very savvy now so everybody's got not just the phone um, but everybody's you know routinely got like a smartphone whether they're on m- minutes or uh, monthly contract or pay as you go so the the intersectionality of our public, you know, business life where you're you're kind of used to doing certain things versus the expectation that we have in our personal lives in terms of me being able to swipe and do an Uber Eats, which I'm gonna do later for the family, or, you know, order a cab with ease, etc. All of that kind of that that um, savviness and that expectation as a as a customer in our personal life has come front and center into business life so you could literally for example be in a, a proof of concept workshop or an ideation workshop and most people in that session will have uh, the ability and confidence to chime in and rightly so to say well actually what about this as a user what about that as a user because they've got lived experiences of actually swiping and liking and all the rest of it as well so i've kind of seen that as well in terms of you know uh, it become very very pervasive i think the last thing though is um is um We've seen again, you know, commercial success in the last decade of organisations that literally didn't exist the, the previous decade. So I'm thinking of I don't know Airbnb. Um, I'm thinking of Uber actually, um, and then the organisations that have really, you know, just turned into monoliths. You know, Gaffer, Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon. They didn't exist more than 20, 25 years ago. And again, and I've tried a lot of this, the nerd part of me thinking about change and transformation. So um, there was a there was a Harvard Business Review that I read a couple of years ago, and that crystallised a lot of my thinking. Um, and it talked about the fact that you know, fifty or sixty years ago, the organisations that were leading organisations in you know bourses such as the New York Stock Exchange or the FTSE 100 indexes, um, they had been around for you know decades. Um, and they expected to stay in those listings for decades, um, and that informed pension plans and all the rest of it. Um, but actually, in the last 20 years, but really acutely in the last decade, you know, the organizations that are making up those listings now, whether it be, I don't know, 15, 12 years ago, a Twitter or Facebook, through to, you know, um, Uber, Tesla, etc. These organizations have been around just for moments, basically, but they're there. And so it doesn't take that long to get a listing now, relatively, because people have got that digital first mindset. Those organizations that we've mentioned in the last couple of minutes, they're all organizations that uniquely, or sorry, not uniquely, but inherently, their business practices, their mindset, how they set themselves up is digital first. It's one business agility, data is at the heart of what they're doing. They're moving fast. They're doing lots of uh, experiments. They're making incremental bets. They're innovation factories. And so that's been the biggest change that I've seen. And so, you know, off the back of that, established incumbent organizations have now said, oh, crikey, actually, we get it. We see it now because actually there is a commercial outcome. It's not just some dudes tinkering with something. There is a commercial outcome to these things. And so how can we become almost entrepreneurs and, you know, reinvent ourselves so that we can kind of do, do more of this? 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and I was just, well, you, you spurred on a, a memory for me there because I worked at one of the big banks in Canary Wharf about 10, 11 years ago and we employed a head of digital and everyone was like, what does he do? Like, he doesn't work in IT. <laughs> uh, does he just do Twitter? You know, and the whole mindset was completely different to what it is now. It, it was really interesting you said that, actually. Uh, so I suppose, so what I'd love your opinion on is how businesses can now, I suppose, future-proof themselves and invest wisely because, you know, we've discussed already the rate of change, the speed, the pace, the agility that's needed. What should businesses be doing to make sure they're future-proofed for, I suppose, the next evolution within digital? Um, and how can they invest wisely to make sure they're not having to kind of rebuild infrastructure and, you know, cost themselves so much money because they've just not thought about what could be next? Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good one. It's a tough one. So thank you for that. <laughs> so, Sorry. It's all good. Uh, no, no, it's all good. It's a good question. So I look, I think the last, the last year showed us all that, um, you know, nothing's certain. And, um, you know, I remember having an early chat when I landed in autumn with our ops director who himself had come from, I think, uh, certainly from a large, uh, FS entity. Um, and landed, I think, literally three weeks before um, before COVID really took its toll and um, remote working ensued for everybody. And um, you know, he, he he told me, he said, yeah, he said, you know, my 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 plans, my ninety day plan, and all this stuff, it was all you know shot out the window because um, COVID happened, and it was like, ah. Oh. But then, guess what? You know, um, decisions like um, organisations taking years to. Um, discuss whether employees can work from home some of the time or, you know, business continuity planning, um, uh, you know, stress tests and all that kind of stuff. All of those forums and meetings and um, and stuff that is the fabric of work in many organizations still, that all went out the window because people had to work really dynamically, regardless of any kind of methodology, whether they used this, that and the other. It was just like, we need to get stuff done quite quickly you know this pandemic is not the zombie apocalypse that a big film fan like myself predicted it's manifested itself differently and you're all going to be housebound um or die so um so yeah so you know we managed as an organization and many other organizations to mobilize people to get the right things prioritized and done quite quickly and you know in our case people were working from home in a matter of days i think it was one to three days across our three sites in the uk and then um Services such as, you know, having our circa 800 contact center staff working remotely so they could solve for customer calls, that happened in stages over, I think, 15 days um, and no detriment to service. So, you know, some of our leaders, including the guy I spoke to, our ops director was like, right, <clears throat> we must remember this time. We must remember how quickly we've managed to all crack on and just do stuff. It wasn't a committee for this and that and the other. We just managed to get stuff done. And, um, you know, even like, um, uh, so yeah, so I think that there's something around actually organizations just really keep in front of mind as a learning from this period in history generally, which things are the things that genuinely matter and also then what kind of organization they are comfortable being in the future. So for us, um, uh, Ways of working, you know, we've got the free sites across the UK. Um, in at least two of those locations, we are a, a known, you know, dominant employer. And, um, you know, I know what that means for, you know, the fabric of a, of a neighborhood, right? You know, in terms of people's commute, 
buying a coffee or a sandwich, etc. You know, you're you're a pillar of the community fiscally as well as anything else. Um, so, but but then on the other side, that flexibility now, where the world hasn't collapsed with us all working at home, um, you know, people are trusted to do their jobs in a way that, as I say, a few years ago, people have been like, oh, well, you can only work at home maybe one day a week, which inherently was the Friday, um, and all that's gone out the window. And so that, that whole presenteeism culture, even depending on how people go back to offices, and I think there will be some kind of splits, which you know, I think most people now would be on side for because the human condition is a social condition. Um, but, you know, the whole notion of somebody being physically at a desk just to show that they're, pop, they're, they're adding value, I think that has just been, you know, kibosh, basically. Um, what, one of the things I've noticed at a general functional level within our digital function is actually, you know, everyone's obviously got different schedules because people have got different commitments. And so you've actually implicitly changed the way of working because you're all about trusting people and there's psychological safety there, and there's um, there's self ownership and empowerment there. So, you know, regardless of someone's position in the hierarchy, you've kind of got to trust that they're going to get on and do their stuff. And so, for our business more broadly, um, the assumption has to be, and the aspiration has to be, that we move from being, I guess, time bound to say, right, you're going to do this on this day and this time, and you know, things might change. But actually, we become much more outcome based, which I think is again where leading organisations are at. It's like, well. We want to test on this, and this is the outcome we're hoping to happen. If it doesn't happen quickly, we'll test again or we'll abandon it. But maybe we've learned not to do that or we'll learn something which we can take forward in another test, and it's incremental gain. So, yes, I think there's a few things there that we would like to take on board. But certainly, you know, for me, the the prevailing thing that we and other organizations um, can do um, to not just survive but thrive in the coming years, uh, unfortunately, in the UK with the vaccine rollout, Hopefully, you know, we're going to bounce back um, economically over the next five to ten years quicker and better than, than lots of other, uh, other countries. Um, but the prevailing thing we can do is, is now use the insights from this pandemic to say, do you know what? We can actually build a new system of work, which is one link to pace and agility. And then actually, as I said at the top of this call, you know, what we're what we're working on you can then really focus people's time on that because that's where you're going to derive the value yeah you're absolutely right well Sol, thank you so much i've really enjoyed our conversation it's been great to hear your experiences and uh to steal some of your knowledge as well actually so thank you very much indeed for your time pleasure pleasure